I'm Tony Gargan and welcome to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast. Hi and welcome to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast and in today's episode I am absolutely thrilled to have an amazing guest, someone will you, you will have seen on all of these different movies, TV shows, you know, from theatre, someone who is an expert in their field and I am privileged to have him on the podcast today so please can you join me in welcoming the fabulous Michael Tab. Michael, tell us a little hey, bit Johnny. about yourself, what you do, where we all know you from. <laughs> so I am a, a primarily a TV film actor, and I've been doing it for, well, if you actually count it, I, I loved it as a kid, but, but I did it professionally for about 15 years. And um, yeah, so I've been, let's say this year, uh, I had a movie called Lucky Grandma, which was um, by uh, which was uh, premiered at Tribeca in 2019, and we premiered virtually to the public uh, earlier this year. Uh, it was a guest star spot on on, um, on Blacklist a few months ago, and a movie called Sound of Metal with Riz Ahmed, which is up for the Oscars uh, in a couple of weeks um, for for the movie Sound of Metal, uh, which is exciting. But yeah, I've been in a bunch of. Uh, you know, you know, I'm, on, I'm right now on a big movie now, uh, an amazing uh, cast of people right now that I unfortunately can't mention, but, but it's, it's, uh, it's literally a who's who of Hollywood A-list. Uh, so I'm quarantining at a hotel for uh, eight days until my, my scene. So I, I can't leave my hotel. So this is a perfect time to do an interview. Absolutely. And from a, from a selfish perspective, your loss and your freedom to be in this huge movie is my gain because our audience, you know, they're going to be riveted to listen to this podcast and to get someone of your caliber on. I'm absolutely privileged. And, you know, you've, you've been in so many movies, TV programs, you know, you're an actor, you're a director, you're a producer, you're in theater, you have this wealth of experience. But what I'd love to do is take it back to the beginning. Many of the people who listen to this podcast are just starting out in their presenting formats or, or just learning to use public speaking. So I would absolutely love for you to kind of take us to the beginning. As you say, you've been doing this for, you know, professionally full time for around about 15 years, but you've always had an interest. So tell us when you first started using this skill set and how it came about. Sure. Well, I'm so glad you, that you do a podcast on this. And, and, and for your listeners who might, might have heard that intro, it might seem like, oh, this is a, you know, oh, he's an extrovert. So it's kind of easy, you know, kind of, or like he, that's his natural like personality. Um, and it's sort of is, but it sort of isn't. So when I started as a, it was like, I was, um, I was the only, uh, you know, I, I'm from the U.S. obviously. And, and I was the only uh, Asian in my class. So it was, it was, when I moved into this uh, neighbor, this uh, new school, it was I was very very shy. I got picked on. It was, but you know, I felt always like a little bit of an outsider. Not never really part of the group. It was always it was it was kind of just always on the outskirts, yeah. and um, and I, I felt that a lot. And and it wasn't until seventh grade where I'm sorry, second grade when I was seven that I got I got. Um, introduced to, to uh, cast in a, a little school play. And I remember it a lot because it was a, the thing is in a play, you have certain lines and you have all the time in the world to say those lines. You can say whatever you want. You know, you can, I mean, you can say, you have whatever to do to say those lines and no one is going to, 
come in on your, you know, beforehand, you know, it's not like you have to worry about, am I going to say the right thing? No, because you know exactly your script. And it was so freeing. And, uh, and I, and I, it was so freeing to be able to do that and, you know, be kind of having the attention, which I like, <laughs> and, but, but just at the same time, not, you know, feeling a part of something. And it was, and I loved it. And I, I was not shy at all in the play, but once, you know, once the curtain came down, um, it was then a very different scenario. It was, you know, it, 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 I didn't know sometimes what to say, or I didn't feel like I could jump in on conversations or if I was speaking publicly, I, if I didn't practice it, I would get, you know, sometimes really nervous. I wouldn't talk in class. Um, I was really shy to talk in class. And when I was comfortable, I could, I was very much of a people person, but you know, to, when I was singled out in class or things like that, I was always, you know, I didn't, I really didn't say a lot and it was really, uh, really tough for me in terms of public speaking stuff. But anyways, I did that uh, acting throughout until uh, like uh, throughout elementary school to about eighth grade. And then um, I end up starting to, my, my, to be an actor, continue acting. You really need help with your parents. My parents weren't really, uh, they were supportive, but they really weren't into it to drive me all around to continue acting. So I kind of went down the regular route of the, you know, financial route so which i so i became a financial planner and i didn't do anything about acting i used to have all these dreams about about when i when i would go up on stage and kind of have stage fright because i forgot a prop or something like that but i'm like then i wake up from the dream i'm like no no that's a that's i'm not an actor <laughs> that's when i was a kid you know I don't, and so like that's not true and then sure enough a few years later you know i became a professional actor but but um it was definitely a slow growth from realizing uh, and feeling more confident in public speaking. And I would tie my, when, when I, the years where I was not an actor, I would, I would tie into my acting, uh, core to use that when I would speak. So when I, in a, in a, in a financial setting, or if I did a presentation on a, you know, if I was on a board or, or a board member and I had to do a presentation or a welcome or stuff, I would tie into that stuff. And it got to a point now where I still feel nervous but because I've done it a lot, I, I know I can. And, the, and I think having that ability to know that you can do something, it, it's, a, it's a freedom where a lot of times people are like, oh, I, I'm going to be horrible. I'm going to be horrible, horrible. And I, I feel that every time I come speak. But I know that if I kind of get through, if I, if I just have confidence, I, I will get through it and it will be fine. So after enough times of that, you end up having a, the confidence of saying, you know, it's, 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 that's just part of it. You feel nervous, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be, uh, that it, that it doesn't mean that it's going to be bad. There is so much in there that I would love to pick up on from, you know, starting so early in school. And I think that's so inspiring for anyone. A lot of my listeners, a lot of the people that I train in any format of public speaking, you know, they too suffer or have suffered in the past from those feelings of fear or a lack of confidence and, the way that you describe how you were kind of this one person on stage and a completely different person behind. And to hear that from someone who has achieved so much in their field, I think is really inspiring for our listeners. And I'd love to pick up on that. You know, this, the fact that you had a script and you had something to practice. And if you like, it's like a crutch that you can lean upon when you're feeling a little bit nervous and how you've been able to develop that to create your own, you know, skill set around what you do. And you said 
you took the normal route and moved into finance and became a financial planner. And I'm sure many people who listen to this podcast, they too have like a vision or a dream that stays that way because they're either kind of pigeonholed into this route or the fear holds them back. So from age seven, your first kind of foray into acting through to moving into the financial planning route, you know, how did you then, what was the, was there a turning point where one day you woke up and thought financial planning is great, but it's not for me? Was it, you know, a, a gentle segue into dipping your back, your toe back in the water of acting? How did that come about? Sure. So, so I am still a financial planner. And, and uh, so I just, I literally have, uh, you know, two full-time jobs. And, um, but when, as a financial planner, I knew that there was something that was missing. And when I was in finance, while I'm, you know, you know, good at a lot of the, you know, finance stuff, I was, I would always kind of start to go towards the connecting with people. And that's the part that I loved the most, whether or not it was with my clients and kind of the idea of like talking with people and hearing their stories and being that, that connection and that people part of it um, was always the part that I loved the most and helping and kind of that, it's like that creative helping piece of trying to talking with them. That was the part that I loved. It wasn't the, the numbers kind of side and the other piece that was, you know, I was fine at that, but, but that's not the part that really, I really enjoyed. And so I, when, as I started to gear towards that side of the financial planning piece, then it started to be, then it started to morph and say, and then I'm like, I wanted to keep going more and more in that direction. And then it's, then it, it came back towards the, towards the creative side. And, and that's where, you know, so while I, I was, you know, I had a, have a successful uh, financial planning career, I would start to join boards and, and, and help out for the community. I want to give back a lot. And I would start to gear myself towards a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know, the public speaking piece of things, even though it's kind of weird. I don't know why I would go towards that area. Cause I was still nervous at this point of doing this, but, but I, I want, I, I know that there was something that was pulling me there. And, you know, so the first few times when, when, uh, you know, I was at, at a, you know, head of a board and I'm, we have like our gala or something and I do the welcome speech. I kind of, it was, it was nerve wracking, but it was able to, I was able to, to tap into that acting stuff. And then I like, all right, kept going further and further. And then all of a sudden um, this, this acting opportunity came in. We had the movie Departed. Have you heard of the university, the Martin Scorsese movie with, with Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio and Jack Nicholson. Um, they wanted background people. And so I'm like, ah, all right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And so I, I they, so I did a background in, the, in, in that and got a chance to watch what Hollywood was like and, and watch when Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon came out and all of a sudden they were like literally like 200 screaming people across the, the <laughs> way. Uh, you know, like I'm like, I want that. <laughs> you know? And uh, coincidentally, by the way, the movie that I'm in now has, um, you know, one of those guys yeah, in, in it. Um, but so it kind of how things come full circle, but now I'm not a background part of this, you know, part of the scene. So it's, um, but it's, it's, it's funny how it comes full circle, but uh, I knew that I wanted it at that point. And that's where I like said, all right, I, I need this back. And I need this as a, as a, as a, to fulfill kind of what it was, you know, deep inside me. Again, like there's so much that I want to jump in on. And, and one thing that I do think, and I'd love to kind of identify. So some people will watch this as video, other people will listen to this on audio is, 
how your face and your tonality and everything about your body language changes when you're talking about what is obviously your passion is being a part of movies and TV. You know, when you talk about financial planning, you use words like, and that's fine. But then when you talk about you just light up when you talk about it. And I think that is, there's so much that we can learn from that. Because when, when I teach people in public speaking, one of the things that I say is, you know, it doesn't matter what your subject is. It doesn't matter what your profession is. You know, if you truly love what you do, it will shine through. And I love that you've kind of eased your way into the route that you followed, but that you, you know, you took speaking and presentations and a part of your day to day to learn the skill set and that's undoubtedly put you in good stead to to do the role that you do now so intrigued to find out what the movie is cannot wait until you give me the release information from that but for me i think it's really beneficial to our listeners to hear that you took this opportunity it was put in front of you it wasn't necessarily you know the high profile role of being on camera or on stage with these people in in a speaking part it was a background opportunity but somewhere that you could see the inner workings of it and that fire just burning inside of you. I love the full circle analogy, you know, from being in the background to being in the foreground. But ultimately what comes out of all of that for me is the repetition and the practice that you showed up, that you've practiced how to do it, you practiced your speeches in the financial planning world and the galas, that you took the opportunities. And one of the things that we'll always say, and I promote to all of my mentees, is that when an opportunity presents itself, even if you're not yet sure how it will go, you've got to do it. And obviously you embody that. You know, the the story, you talk about the story, and I think I'd love to dig a little bit deeper into your story because from an outsider's perspective, someone being in the background of such a, a phenomenal movie and such a big movie as The Departed through to smaller roles, production roles, writing, you know, and to do that all alongside having a a job, how would you say, you know, because you've not always been in theatre TV, what would you say have been the biggest challenges that you've faced to get yourself out there and to fit in, you know, the day job with the passion? How would you say you've managed that and what have been the challenges you've faced? So one of the things was definitely to... um yeah, it's tough to, to, uh, to, with, with all that kind of going on. And so what I did was I kind of cut back on a lot of things that were not part of that focus. So if it was, so I love sports, um, you know, I, I, there's so many things that, you know, I love hanging out, you know, hanging out with my friends at the, at a bar, you know, but, but I, I really had to cut down those things because I really stayed with my passion and to be able to really do have a job and then to do this, which was started out as a hobby to do that, I had to really narrow my focus and not kind of have this distraction. Things I love to do, but things that, well, things that I like to do, but things that I wasn't, it wasn't like a core love. So, so for me to say, all right, for me to be able to do this and really satisfy that, that, that need, I needed to cut out these other things. So anything that then led towards the, that led towards this, this, this passion of mine, I would do. And, and, from the, the advantage I had from, you know, it's very tough as an actor to kind of be from, and a lot of people want to become an actor, but it's kind of tough to kind of get to that, you know, yeah. get to a certain level. But the, I used a lot of my business uh, um, foundations and, or running, you know, have my own practice and things like that to, to bring it towards the acting piece. And so the, the business side of acting is something that I love to do because the idea of it is 
that it's it's not like oh if i keep doing all this stuff and i just want to be cast in a movie and that's the the end goal but a lot of people a lot of actors don't kind of know what that what that really feels like and then it's just like if you get the if you get the role you win if you don't you lose to me it wasn't that it's more about doing all the things around it and that's including a lot of those things tie into public speaking type things, right? Um, a lot like, for example, uh, you know, um, you know, I don't do a lot. Of, you know, one of the things is when I was trying to get more roles and, and it wasn't out there, I produced my own stuff. And then so this was a place to put me uh, instead of kind of like these smaller roles, I could produce something that put me with a much higher uh, prep, you know, much more responsibility as an actor with a bigger role that I could put myself in. But then, but it was always some safety there, right? Because I, I, I then controlled it and I could kind of write the way I wanted it to be or whoever I produced it with. And if, if, and so I would take this like kind of this pretty big jump, but there was always a little bit of a safety net. And, and at some point I realized that the safety net it didn't have to always, there was always a safety net. I didn't need to have something like, all right, I can stop the tape and I could cut out the project and, that, and I'd be safe there. To, at some point I realized that there's really no safety net because I'm already on the ground. You know, it's not like, I'm, you know, I felt a lot of times when I would take these big steps at first that I was like, on top, you know, I'm walking on a tightrope and I just don't want to fall. But now realizing that it's, it's, um, you know, I'm already on the ground and it's, you know, a few feet. If I had to drop, that's really it. And worst case scenario, I just get right back up. So I would take these, these opportunities to, to, to continue to help my career of the passion and whether or not it was a small little play I started out with first or, uh, you know, and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, next thing you know, I was in a, you know, play with, you know, in front of a, you know, lead in a play in front of an audience of 500. Like it's just, it just kind of slowly built and built and built. And while that was happening, the, the fear that I had talked about of, of speaking publicly would start to slowly drop. And again, I would have the, 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 the butterflies and that sort of thing, but a lot of that stuff started to slowly subside. And, and now I realize that I can just, I just jump in and we met, for example, on, on clubhouse and an amazing new um, audio, app and i saw an opportunity where to to reach out to actors who are in the business who needed help mm-hmm. and and so i said well let me just it's very easy to open up a room so now i started uh you know four days ago and opened up a room this was just you know four days into the into the app and now i open a room now we host in four days i've has i've hosted eight rooms i think and we host now the top industry professionals in Hollywood of acting and coaches and actors. And these are all people you know, you know, or in the industry know, like casting directors, agents. And the thing was just jumping in. It was just jumping in, moderating. I don't moderate really. So it's not like I host, you know, do these things all the time. But now it's, but, you know, again, that whole thing of like, where, what, what do I have to lose? Fine. Worst case scenario, no one shows up. Worst case scenario, I fumble my words a little bit. Doesn't matter. Um, I, I, so now I feel so much more comfortable doing it. And that's another thing now where I could probably do quite a bit where, where a few years ago, I would never think I could do that. And if it was back to, you know, 30 years ago, never in my you know, world could I think of just jumping in like that. So especially coming from that shy, uh, the kind of that shy piece and, and not wanting to be, you know, and scared of what to say. 
again, I want to pick up on some things within there that there seems to be a bit of a, like a theme in there. And I loved your analogy of you feel like you're on this tightrope and you are, but you feel like it's, you know, hundreds of feet in the air when in reality it's on the ground and what is the worst that can happen I totally agree with with Clubhouse and I've recently done a podcast episode around Clubhouse and how that is such a, an awesome opportunity for anyone who's wanting to dip their toe into public speaking because you, you know you've summed it up so well what is the worst that can happen no one turns up in your room so what you've had an opportunity pra- to practice what's the worst if someone comes in and you know you fumble your words that's actually what makes you authentic it showcases you and your you know who you are so I love the analogy of the safety net and that actually sometimes we keep a safety net there to hold but it's to stop us from being harmed but actually what it's doing is holding us back and stopping you from saying you know shouting out this is me this is what I've got to offer so the opportunities are there and you know you're grabbing them left right and center I absolutely love that and there's something that you kind of touched upon, which I'd love to jump in a little bit further with, with, which is the more you progress, like the lesser the fear. So it's like indirectly proportioned. The more you do, the more you put yourself out there, the more you learn, the more opportunities that you take, you know, the, the lower the fear becomes, it reduces gradually. Um, and it seems like you're, you're, you know, creating your own opportunities. So on that vein or around that vein, uh, I'd love you to give us a bit of insight into how you then created those opportunities. And I've written down, I write notes as I go along through all these because I'm so engrossed in it all, is that you talked about the skill set that you have from other areas of your life and how you actually use those transferable skills. So often we'll get people who will say, oh, well, I've never presented before. I've never acted before. I've never, I've never pitched or spoken in public. So therefore I can't do it when actually everything you've done in your whole life has actually set you up for this. And you, you, you talk about there's no win or lose that you'll, you know, I use the analogy of you're either earning or you're learning and either way we're always progressing. So how would you advise for those listening? Cause we're going to have people who want to be actors, presenters who want to jump onto clubhouse, but something is holding them back. How, what advice would you give people to harness those transferable skills and put them into action or to feel the fear and do it anyway? How would you advise to go about that? Sure. I think, I think the real, realization that a lot of times when people have, when I had that fear, it was that everyone else is so confident. Everyone else knows they're so good at speaking they're, they, they, they're so smart and I'm not, you know, I'm not anywhere near some of these people and, and they seem to do it so throw out jokes or tell stories so easily or they're able to present in front of people or act and, and, and hold court uh, so seamlessly and like, ah, you know, how could I do that? But when I started, as I started to do that moving up, and this is even in from an acting point of view where, you know, before I was doing some acting with, you know, certain actors and, and then all of a sudden now I'm working with some of the act, like literally in scenes, one-on-one scenes with, some of the best actors in the world, you know, for example, Sound of Metal with Riz Ahmed, who's going to, who I think will be, he just won uh, best actor for the Gotham Awards. And he's going to, I think he's going to be up for the best actor in uh, Oscars for Sound of Metal. And so we had a one-on-one scene and, and it was kind of to have that kind of a, an intense um, actor and, and that sort of thing. And what I realized though, it is as it came up back to that question is these people have the same worries and fears as well. They're in the same scenario. It doesn't, you know, uh, I was in Blacklist with James Spader. James Spader is part of the Brat Pack. Uh, you know, you, 
you've seen him millions of things and he's the lead of that blacklist for eight seasons you know he comes across as someone who can just do these huge long monologues and these these things amazing like how the heck does he do that that's a, that was a three minute four minute speech and he did it and it, it was seemed like he was just so seamlessly now behind the scenes He's just like anybody else. It's a long, long monologue. And so he had to kind of cut back and, re, you know, redo. And, and just like anybody else, it's like the people who you kind of put on this pedestal of being this, this, I'm not like them. They are. They're humans just like us. They have the fears. And, and sometimes they don't show it. Sometimes they, they maybe hide it by maybe being extra extroverted, but they're actually doing that to hide things, it's they're going through, other people are going through the same thing. And once I realized that everyone is in the same boat as me, they have their own fears. They, they're not just this, as this major thing of full confidence all the way through. Maybe it's just a, a part of them. And I, but, but, but deep down, maybe they're worried too. When I realized that, then I'm like, oh, I'm just like them. And if I'm just like them, then why not try it? Because it's not that we're all equal. So why not, why not go for it? You know, if, if they, if, if we're all the same, then, then I'll jump in this time. Yeah. And so that, that's that, that route. Love that. And I think that analogy of people being human, just like too, because we do, we pedestalize people, don't we? We see these amazing actors, we see these great orators and, and, and often, and me included, I've definitely been in this thinking, well, they're so much better than me and maybe I shouldn't do it. When actually we should flip that on its head completely and see, well, if they can, I can too. And I, I think everyone has faced challenges along the way. You know, everyone's had good and the bad and I'm, I'm loving seeing your progression and, you know, that full circle moment for me, I cannot wait to see. And, you know, you witnessing other people who you've worked alongside, you've saw the fears and concerns, you've saw them overcome them to now being, you know, presented with awards and potentially some of the most prestigious awards within their field. Um, not every one of those will have had everything go perfectly. So with that in mind, I always ask my interviewees, what has been your best you know, pitch presentation, whether it's been you casting for a part or whether you've given a monologue or a speech that's been so well received and you've hosted the gala, what has been your, your best experience within your field to date? And what has been the worst and what did you learn from that? Because it's obviously not held you back if you've had anything that's maybe not quite gone to plan. So best and worst, if you will, please. Sure. So I, I, I will do it more on the, the speaking side, not necessarily the acting side. So, the, so I got the opportunity to, one of my friends is, it was in the movie, the Disney's Mulan, um, uh, which came out a few months ago, like or last fall. And so I got the ability to... Uh, to connect with, because of COVID, they weren't able to do a full premiere. So they wanted to host a kind of a, you know, a virtual premiere. And so because some of my friends are, are, are in the movie, I kind of jumped in and said, you know, hey, I, I have the business side. I know how to kind of produce things and make things happen. So let's, I'll, I'll help, you know, since no one else is jumping on to this, I, we, I jumped in. And, and so I got in, in, invited to uh, kind of a, you know, a meeting with, the, with some of the Mulan cast. And they were kind of like figuring like, what do we do? Because, you know, we're Disney's, you know, we had the premiere and now we're going to, what are we going to do to, 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 to do this since we don't have all the right coverage. So I said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in, I'll host. So I hosted a, a, a Zoom uh, online premiere. So the night of the, the premiere of the movie came out 
Friday, it became on Friday. And so I was the, I hosted the premiere of Mulan with the cast of Mulan. So it was, so we, and, and I had never hosted before. Like, you know, I never hosted from this kind of angle before and it was completely new. So, but I don't know. This is back to the thing. I can jump in. What's the worst can happen? And, and I thought another thing too is it was like, what's the worst that, that can happen? But think of all the upside that can happen. I mean, I could help all these different people get some of this publicity they wanted. I, I, I'm jumping into some of the actors that I idolize and, and adore for years and to be able to have a conversation with them and to, to see that. I mean, that was, how fantastic is that? So I said, all right, let's do it. So we just jumped in and we, we had a, a thousands of people watch um, this, um, this interview with the cast and, and it was very nerve wracking because I, I had to work with the technology piece of moving people up and down and who's coming in and questions and making sure the flow goes happen happens and, and figuring out while people are talking what my next question was going to be. And, and, and because it wasn't just a one, a one uh, it was a large cast. I had to kind of figure out how to do it. And so it was great for that first time. It was fantastic. So, um, so, so that to me was one of the, the best ones. And a month later, I did another one with the cast of Warrior, which is this new uh, show on HBO Max uh, right now. It's 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 takes place. It's this it's it's this action uh, takes place in, in, in uh, San Francisco in the 1900s. It's a fantastic uh, TV show, one of the best, um, and it is season two. So I hosted a premiere, same sort of thing. Went 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 fine. About. A month ago, I hosted this, this, so then all of a sudden these, you know, this, because I did it once, then I did it again and again. The next one was this, this never list. And this is where it comes out to the other side of it. So the never list is a, a movie that came out with, um, Fievel Stewart, Boo Boo Stewart, um, Keiko Jaina, Keiko Jaina, who's from the Gilmore Girls. Fievel Stewart is from the TV show, Atypical, uh, in the U.S. and kind of like the teen, like, you know, any teenager or, you know, 15 and 20 year old or, you know, knows, knows all these boo-boo Stewart, uh, a bunch of other like famous, like kind of teen heartthrobs. Anyways, it's a movie, great movie. Um, so I did the same thing. So, cause we'd hear, you know, Mulan Warrior. And then, so for their premiere, they premiered uh, that the next day. So we had the kind of premiere Zoom party. So we did the normal things. You do the intros and where, cause everything is COVID. So we do this all over zoom and I had Fievel Stewart, who's the star in the movie. And so there's the, the kind of moderator who kind of put not moderated, but the host who kind of welcomes me on. And so I came on and Fievel Stewart, the star of the movie, you know, I don't know, million fans kind of, you know, kind of person. So she comes on and, and all these people now we go live. And so we got to like, welcome Michael and Fievel. And I couldn't hear her. Oh, so yeah, all these people are watching this star of the movie, this actor, Hollywood star is in front of me and, and all the cast, the rest of the cast, by the way, was off screen. So they're watching too. And I'm in some ways trying to prove it to them that, you know, Hey, I care. I'm a good host. And, but all, but there's all these people watching and I couldn't hear what she was saying. And so I didn't know what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? I just, and I'm not a tech person and it was, but it was working fine. We did the pretest and it was, I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. So it was, I, I was freezing and I didn't, I, I literally, uh, it was like the worst nightmare. It was literally the, the feeling of being on stage uh, to do a presentation and the worst nightmare did come true. Like where you're, you, 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 
you all of a sudden became naked and you forget all your lines. Like it was like that. And everyone's watching. Do you run off? Do you hide? Do you, what do you just stay with her? I didn't know what to do. So I started a little bit about asking her a question and kind of like saying, I can't hear you, but I'm going to ask this question anyway. And she had such a great response, you know, like, like, you know, uh, she was really into response, but I couldn't hear any of it. So I'm like, I can't host an hour show without hearing any responses that couldn't do it. And uh, so anyways, it, it was just a, a crazy thing. Good. One of my, my, my daughters kind of jumped in and we, and I like, I, I couldn't leave the screen either. Cause I'm, <laughs> yes. so, cause the, the, it's there. So we, so anyways, long, to make a long story short, um, my daughter kind of jumped in, we changed the computer. I went off screen. Uh, I, I kind of told her I'm going to have to be back. You know, five will steward, you know, wait, you know, I'll be back. You know, just I try, you know, and I didn't know if I could get back. I didn't know if it was my internet. I didn't know what it was. So I jumped out and the host after what seemed like a bunch of seconds, I guess this would happen. The host had kind of come on in and asked, even though she was, she was out of it, asked a question. And I, my daughter and I were changing. We, so we changed computers, got back in and we got back in and it was, it was, I sort of finally got back in and it was felt like it felt this horrible. I felt horrible, this completely horrible scenario. And, but what happened though, was that, when I actually looked back on it and, and saw the tape, it was maybe um, like 75, a minute and a half. So out of an hour, it was a minute and a half. Yeah. And it, well, it was brutal. Um, and everyone, the cast, you know, they, they know how it feels like. Cause again, like everyone's human. They, they, even though they might seem like, like they, they were in the scenario of like, Oh, we understand like this. He's in, he's going through what, everyone's is scared about going through and it ended up being you know it was i i couldn't sleep that night it was really like kind of like you know it was like i, I kind of was a little bit upset i was i was like felt embarrassed and but at the end of the day it, you know it stood out and i end up i guess and i got a lot of people saying you know it wasn't bad at all mike you know you, you actually handled it well and i think the cat felt felt very you know they empathetic about the scenario so they were very different to me in terms of like like you know they they were so like supportive and so at the end of the day this i i went through that horrible scenario i think one of the worst kind of case scenarios of people to worry about when you public speaking and I'm here to still live about it. And I'm still jumping into Clubhouse, running the moderated things. So I guess to, to listeners, it was one of those things where you can go through a horrible scenario. But, but I learned from it. I, I came out of it alive. I, I did fall off that tightrope. And, and I have a little bit of a bruise, but it's all healed. I can't even remember it. So love and, and to hear someone who will speak so openly about it you know I've written so many notes on this I'm going to go back to the beginning of what you said in there and you used that you said like so often we'll worry about what can go wrong um and you switch that perspective and I think so often people don't do this is we have these fears about well this could happen or that could go wrong or I might forget my words or I might stumble but by doing that, what you're not looking at is what could go right? What other opportunities could come out as an opportunity of this? You know, you, you said yes to the opportunity of hosting the premiere when you'd never done it before. You didn't know that it would work. You, you had no experience around it and it went so well. I think 
you mentioned nerves and you still have those nerves and one of the things that I always talk about within my presentations or when I'm training people is that actually the day you lose those nerves completely is the day you need to worry because I think a little bit of those nerves it stops us being complacent but it shows that you care and that is the part that attracts all of your followers and fans to you. That's why people come back to watch more and more movies with you in more and more TV programs, follow you on all of your social channels. That's why you have A-list celebs jumping into your clubhouse. It's because you've been authentically you and because you care. Um, the tech file part, you know, so often we say it all of the time or technology I am like the least technological person and when you're in that instance and you say you know at the time it must have felt like every second felt like an hour but perspective being it was a minute and a half your feedback was that you handled it well you jumped back on the horse and you just got on with it you found the solution to the problem and that, I think, is one of the best lessons that any of us can learn. You know, even to A-list celebrities, things can go wrong. And it's not necessarily about what happens to you. It's about how you deal with it. And I love that you've jumped on. You just got on with it. The worst actually turned into a lesson and that it's all about perspective. So with that in mind, um, because I think perspective comes a lot of the time with guidance or advice. And obviously you, you say that you, your parents were supportive of you when you were younger, but they weren't necessarily, you know, the parents who would take you to drive you to all sorts of auditions. So some could say that you faced some challenges to get to where you are. With that in mind, what would you say is, again, twofold answer in any order you choose, is what is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given around presenting, pitching, public speaking? And what's been the best piece of advice that you've received? I'll start with the worst, is that you can't, you can't do that. You, no, you can't do that. You, you, don't, you, can't, you can't run a marathon because you're not a runner. You, you can't host. Why are you hosting? Why are you hosting that? You, you can't do that. Um, you know, there's professional people who can do that. You know, um, why can't you can't, how can you get on TV? Mike, you're, you're based out of Boston. People go to New York. They never make it. How, how do you, how can you do that? Well, you're based out of, or you're out of New York. You're an actor out of New York. How are you going to compete against LA people? You know, you're, 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 you know, these people have been doing it for years. How are you going to make it there? So it's all those, I can't, I can't, you can't. No, that's impossible. No, no, that's, that's not right. We should, you know, all those things. Those are the me. Those are, that's the worst advice, and and in some ways, when I hear that, I hear their insecurities of it. Absolutely, and they're like, oh, God. it's more like, Mike, you can't do it because I, if I was in your shoes, I couldn't do it. So that's what they're saying, and so I've learned to now to hear that and say like, okay, that's actually better for me because if everyone can't, then there's an opportunity. For me to there's an opportunity then for me to do it compared to like if everyone's doing it it's hard much harder to stand out but if all of a sudden like half the people are really scared then i'm already on the top 50 percent by just trying right so wow. uh, so yeah so that's the that's to me has been always the worst advice and I, I so i hear that and i jump in and and you know the clubhouse is the same thing right like you can you host well how do you need to host well to host you need to kind of learn how to do this and get that and you need speakers you need topics and this and that and then next you know it's months have gone by and it's like so i'm like all right let's just do it and so so that's one of those things i think when i hear that i can't you can't do it uh as an actor uh well in this set sense as an actor i'm like all right uh i'm gonna i'm gonna make i'm gonna 
I will do it. And, yeah. and it's, and it kind of gives that, that, that spark to me to, to kind of like say, all right, I want to prove them wrong at the end of the day. It's really for myself, but, but I, but I kind of use that as a little bit of a motivating uh, tool. I love that is, you know, and you've literally said the phrase that I, I live by, which is if people say you can't do it, what they're actually meaning is I can't do it or I'm afraid to do it. And other people will project their insecurities, their fears. And sometimes they're doing it because of them. And sometimes they're doing it like when friends and family members say it and you know, it's well-meaning. They're saying it because they're fearful that you might not make it. But then what about the switching it on its head? What if you do make it? So there's so many, I've got such a thought process around the psychology of fear and, you know, that other people project their fears onto you, that it stops us doing things that we want to, but the fear, it's also the fear of success. Like what if I do make it? What if I become this A-list celebrity? Where does that leave the family, the friends, the people who don't believe in me, all of those things. So to hear someone in your position saying that, I think it will resonate with a lot of the people listening. Um, and I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, I follow the same methods as you, you know, if someone tells me I can't do it, use it to fuel you. I think I'm, I'm 99% motivated by self and 1% motivated by spite. <laughs> and I think sometimes I say I can't watch me do it. So to hear that's the worst advice is really useful. Flip that on its head. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received within your field? I think it was kind of still on those lines where an actor who I was talking to, who's a series regular on a TV show, um, well, actually, yeah, it's my friend Chen, who's a, who was in who is in who is in Mulan, a, a big supporting character in Mulan. He's a series regular on Warrior. He's been on uh, these amazing TV shows and Thirty Rock, and and he's he's out of LA. He's kind of the hottest thing in Hollywood. And we were talking, and when I you know kind of offline, I say you know people you know Chen, tell me about your when your what your level is, and and you know what you do at people of your you know caliber of your actor level. And he said, Mike, I, and he's younger than me. And I kind of like feel like a older brother to him, but he's like, Mike, stop saying this. Like you're at a different level than me. Stop that. And he said, you are just as much my level as anything else. I might've had better, uh, uh, some, you know, better opportunities recently, uh, or, you know, had some different experiences that you might not have had, but we are the same level. Don't say that. I don't want to hear you say that. And it was great. And, and I'm like, after a while, I'm like, yeah, it's true. We might be at different places, but I can't, you limit yourself when you're saying someone's at a different level. And I was limiting myself like, oh yeah, you're up there. I'm down here. So I'm safe down here. Or I don't have to, uh, you know, putting everyone on that pedestal. When again, back to that point of like, we are, we are all, you know, at the core of the same and just at different, at, you know, different experiences. So that was the best piece of advice. Um, I think to hear that even just recently, you know, because we're always receiving advice and I think we have to filter some of it because some of the time it's other people's insecurities, but sometimes, you know, you need to hear that and you we compare ourselves to other people. And I think I always talk about this in the, in the presenting format and in public speaking is people will compare themselves to other people, but 
we started this interview by you saying, you know, you have this introduction which elevates you to the level that we see you at, but you don't always see yourself there. Or to the outsider, it might seem like, you know, it's been this simple success, the overnight success. It's that analogy, isn't it? The iceberg being people see the tip of the iceberg, but they don't see the hard work, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the, you know, working around a full-time financial job but going to auditions or, you know, the way the world currently is, limiting the opportunities that you have because you can't just fly here or there or you can't, you know, cast for things, all of these different, like, thought processes and these blocks within our way. And to hear that your most, you know, that this piece of advice that you've heard has been this far into your career, I think is really, that will motivate and inspire so many people. So if you were to put your own spin on that, or if you were to anyone who is listening right now who has never delivered a speech before or has one coming up that they're really fearful of, it has, you know, it's going to be sharing a stage with someone who they pedestalize, who's got a gig that they want to pitch for, but they're, they're fearful of doing it. What can we encompass as, as Michael's piece of advice? What advice would you give to those people now? So you've had good advice, you've had bad advice. What advice would you give to people right now in the current climate with all of their fears and concerns how they can become better at presenting, pitching, and public speaking. Sure. So we've talked, a, I, I've kind of talked a little bit about, a lot about the, like, you can do it kind of thing. Um, but there's then the flip side of the actual, the work involved too, right? Now, there's the, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that part. Is that, so this, so if you are nervous, this is the thing where, and I, and I, you know, I was really nervous earlier on for things. And so the, what I do is I just practiced and I practice way more than, than what norm, a normal person might do. So a normal person might wing it a little bit and be like, okay, I'm going to do it. I can do it. I can do it. And they'll still kind of like write the speech the last minute or something. But from an actor point of view, we practice lines again and again and again and again and again. For a play, you could have like, you know, three weeks of just fully practice, practice, practice a line. And then, and you're still working on those things. And when you practice is repetition and just working it out and hearing yourself and you feel so much more comfortable. It's kind of like that idea we said, the more you do it, but in this case, this is just one event and all that practice point of view. So you can, so it's really important to have that inner confidence that you can do it, but there's the, 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 the second side of the, the flip side of it, you have to put the work in. And so that's where, that's where working on what you're going to say. And if it's going to be something that's off the cuff and you don't want to be, you don't want to be, you know, over, let's say you know, let's say this is a red uh, script where you it's not something that you you just kind of kind of co you want to kind of co up and talk without reading something. Then in that case, you can practice that way. You can keep practicing. Like, okay, here I'm going to do a welcome and without any notes and try it. And then I'll tr then wait a little bit. I'll try it again in a different way. So you can you can that idea of working at it. I, I think is so important too. So it's it's you can. I really don't think they can really overwork something like like it, it, it sure i mean if you i i just don't i think it's 99 percent of people won't overwork something that there is a point where you can do too much prep and you kind of get too much in, but most of the times people it's not that most of the time people land in the point of they didn't put enough work in and so if you don't put enough work in and then your chance of actually flopping or having a, a, a fail at it is much higher. So as, so I guess my advice there would be make sure you put in the work and uh, if whatever you think is, is what the work should be um, and do more than that. And eventually you can start to, that doesn't have to be as, 
as intense, but in the beginning, you have to practice. You have to practice and practice in front of different ways and practice in front of people, practice in front of the mirror, practice tape yourself, videos yourself, all those things. It's so refreshing to hear that because like I run mentorships for people in public speaking and we meet every single month and I'm saying this isn't enough. You just turning up and doing the work on that one day per month. You have to practice. There's repetition. You know, it's like the, the analogy of 10,000 hours. It's the doing the same kick 10,000 times rather than doing 10,000 different kicks. Practice. And we have a phrase which is that repetition, repetition, repetition leads to mastery. And once you've mastered that skill and you become an artist, you know, we, we talk about going from competent to mastery, to artistry, and to hear someone who has experienced the highs and lows, you've seen the people who you can tell are just winging it, versus the people who, you know, you're sitting with A-list celebrities who are still critiquing themselves and still practicing and still have their notes up while they're reading it all. It's so refreshing to hear that. And honestly, I could talk to you all day, but I'm conscious of your time and I am really grateful that you've invested so much time in this podcast. With that in mind, you know, if any of our listeners want to follow you on social media, want to see any of your movies, want to hear kind of, well, I'm definitely desperate to hear what this new movie is and who's in it and what your role within that is. So if people want to get in touch with you, if people want to follow you, what is the best way for them to do that? Sure. Uh, so I am on Instagram. That's it's Michael dot to t-o-w uh, on instagram that's where i kind of post all my actor pictures with kind of these celebrity things kind of my journey as an actor and and all the things that are going on there and uh if you're if you're on clubhouse you know check me up and follow me on, on clubhouse um and this back to, to being this movie by the way uh one of my scenes is with a a person from the the uk an actor from the uk a very famous actor from the uk who goes by is it uh, it goes by sir. So do you have to be like knighted or something to be sir or something? Yes. Yeah, you have to be so and recognized. So yeah, he's created some recognition for himself. So he goes by the title of sir. How exciting. I don't think he doesn't, but he 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 is a sir, right? Is that, oh, is that like... Knighted. So in other words, he was... Yeah, I don't think he... he but I think... But he's technically a sir, so I can't... So I'm looking forward to uh, working with him. Exciting. I am absolutely honored that you've taken the time out of your day to share this insight and I will definitely be following you still. I'll still be tapping in on Clubhouse listening into what you've got to say. So from all of the people on behalf of everyone who listens to my podcast, I want to say a huge thank you for giving up your time today. To our listeners, you have been listening to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast and our interview today has been with the fabulous Michael Toe. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.